Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Good to have you in live here, hour number three here on this Football Friday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. We will get back to the opening win for the Predators last night coming up in just about 10 minutes. Our buddy Terry Crisp will join us at 8.30. But right now we kick off the 8 o'clock hour as we do each and every Friday talking some college football and some NFL from a Vegas perspective against the spread. We welcome in our buddy Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Lee, happy Friday. I know we've got some interesting trends to talk about both on the Saturday and Sunday gridirons. What's going on? Oh, it's been a crazy season so far. What's happening is, you know, people like to play favorites and teams they're familiar with. And so what's happening on Saturday, a lot of the public, you know, they're playing the Ohio States and they're laying the wood. They're laying the wood with Oklahoma. And these top 25 teams, when they're laying double digits, they're covering machines. I mean, 49 and 30 against the spread. And then they're going out for dinner, celebrating, coming back on Sunday, playing the favorites, and the home teams, and what's happening, they're getting smashed. Underdogs, 38-24, and one on the season after four weeks. And the road teams, a scorching 40-22-1. and one. So uh, Vegas, uh, they certainly always seem to make out. And people, like I said, giving it all back and more on Sundays. These, these trends will come back to the norm, but uh, it's been a real, real strange opening to the season college football in the NFL. Uh, Auburn and Florida, easily the biggest game of the weekend. Yeah. You know, opens as a pick it moves to minus three. I- I've liked Auburn all week in this game, yeah. but I hate it when I like something that everyone else and their mother likes as well. So what direction are you going here? Well, I will say this. Unless Florida is probably plus two in turnover differential, I, I can't see them winning this game. It's usually in the SEC, the games are won in the trenches. You know, we look at all these great players for Alabama, Tua and Judy, and, and Auburn's got these, these guys, you know, that, that on the outside that can score in one play. But the bottom line is you win games in the trenches. And I don't think Florida's going to be able to run much. They're going to have to throw a lot of short passes, maybe roll out Kyle Trask some. He's going to have to really step up his game because the Florida offensive line is that weak and the Auburn defensive line is that good. And even the weakness, I thought, of Auburn, their quarterback, Bo Nix, he's improved last week. He accounts for 391 yards and three touchdowns for Mississippi State. He's got four receivers averaging at least 16 yards of reception here. And uh, like I said, unless something real weird happens and there's some strange bounces or Florida hits on maybe a trick play or two, uh, I think Auburn's the right side, 26-20. Do you think they're baiting um, people to take this Georgia-Tennessee game? It's minus 25. Um, do you see Tennessee covering on this game? Um, because we, we've we known Georgia to go into this sort of lull um, at points in the game where they're up by 14 to 21 points, and then all of a sudden they just kind of shut it down. Team scores, yep. and then they picks it back up. So you think, is this the right line for this game? I think it's pretty close. I think the line when you play teams like Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, you got to pay, you know, a little bit extra if you want to play them an extra probably touch three points. So and the line should probably be twenty one and a half, twenty two, and and they do. They, you know, they're a running team. They could go up by fourteen, seventeen points and just pound the ball here. But the problem here for Tennessee is Georgia's rush defense allowing just two point three yards per carry, puts you in a lot of third and long situations. So. Gartano's going to have to make some plays with his legs and arm. 
or else it's going to be a long afternoon. And I mean, last year they ran for 251 yards in the game at five yards per carry. So the dogs here, 11 points from a 10 and one against the spread run. They're ten and four as a road favorite, so they seem to perform as 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 well or even better on the road. While Tennessee, if you're betting them lately, the last thirty-one games they haven't covered twenty-three of those thirty-one times. You're probably uh, making a lot of extra payments besides your mortgage payment <laughs> to pay off uh, these debts here. I like Georgia, 45-14. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, is with us for his Friday appearance. So we go uh, one more in the college ranks. Vanderbilt heads to Mississippi this week, catching a touchdown. What do you make of that? Well, Ole Miss you know, seems to play usually up or down to the level of their competition, and they did not give up last week. I, I think they're better off going served, going with John Rice Plumley at the quarterback position better dual threat than Matt Corral right now. Uh, their weakness, Ole Miss, is their pass defense, but Vandy quarterback Riley Neal, you know, he just doesn't put the fear in too many defensive coordinators here. And uh, Ole Miss, uh, they're playing with overtime revenge, so I think this is a game that they circled. Give me Ole Miss, 40-27 to 27 over Vandy. Lee, you're looking at uh, games all around this, this schedule here, and is there money to be made – uh, in the NFL, you just mentioned it was it was giving everybody back all the um, in the NFL on Sundays. Right. You know, the Titans went down to 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 Atlanta last week and took pretty you know pretty easy workmanlike victory as a five and a half mm-hmm. point dog. Um, the Texans will play them this week. Is there, is there a concern with the direction Atlanta's heading, Dan Quinn and and the Texans in, in that game this weekend? I, I think so. I think they got some real problems, and I, I think that. Could be in another five, six weeks they make a change. And sometimes just need a different voice. And just, you know, they're starting slow. You can't start slow in the NFL. You fall behind by a couple touchdowns, you're going to very rarely win the game. In fact, they've been outscored 71-20 to in the first half. They clearly look like the worst team right now in the NFC South. And it's going to be tough to rebuild this team because they're so top-heavy, giving so, many, so much money to so few guys or star players here and I just think Deshaun Watson is going to light up the Falcons secondary without Keanu Neal here uh, the, the the Tennessee D did it a couple weeks ago so I look for the Tennessee Titans here they're going to double Julio Jones and and they're going to make Matt Ryan throw into coverage and he has six interceptions on the season so uh, Atlanta now four and 14 spread run here as a visitor Houston doing a good job at home here Nine four and one versus the line in the regular season since late 2018. Give me Houston thirty to twenty. Lee, how can the audience get your game of the week? Game of the week this week. Uh, we're gonna look at Kansas City and Indianapolis, a rematch of of last year's playoff game. Big game here for Indianapolis. They want to make the playoffs, and and Kansas City they just seem to keep rolling. Even Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown last week. Just call eight hundred. 800- Four hundred nine seven four one. First ten callers. We'll give them Kansas City and Indianapolis on me, and uh, we have what's called our world's famous Baker's Dozen, where we you know hit hit the Tennessee Buffalo game, which is a game everyone's interested in. Uh, it's it's. 
13 games combined Saturday and Sunday. Sometimes we charge 197 for one game individually. They can get 13 games combined Saturday and Sunday, just $97. It's an instant download, so you don't have to call back on Saturday and Sunday to get your game. So I just know, and, and I'm honest, a lot of the handicappers will tell you they win every week. I had a losing weekend last weekend, but I usually bounce back after a losing weekend. You can get my world-famous Baker's Dozen 13 games for just $97, ParamountSports.com. Lee, great stuff as always. We will chat again next Friday. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. That has to be an interesting um, way to kind of, one, kind of your angle in sports betting and uh, stress just stress on how you make money well the old verbiage is it's a it's a hard way to make an easy living that's what i'm saying it's just you know you gotta be and then you gotta be a reputable guy you gotta be a guy that people okay he wins a lot so i can go to his site if you're a guy that you know is losing more than you're winning (laughs) then what's the sense of me even going there yeah but you got to be transparent too and own your losses exactly and that's what he said he said you know last week i didn't fare well you know, but this week I, I tend to bounce back. That's why casinos are in business. It's uh, pretty much a how, foolproof industry. How did the uh, the under fifty three and a half on Brown and Harvard go last week, Derek? Uh, he doesn't even know. Under. He doesn't even care. <laughs> he was under. He, was he has under. no idea. It went well. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, by the way, a lot of people loving the Lorenzo Neal interview. Oh, so okay. if you missed that, we will give you an encore of that coming up uh, at 9.15. But for the next 30 minutes, we're getting back to the ice. Terry Crisp is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. But we're back after this with the Preds and the wild reaction to the season opener last night at Birdstone Arena. Here's Duchesne curling on the left circle. Yossi has shot the score! Roman Yossi put it to the net, and it trickled in 37 seconds into the third to tie it up. Yossi, top of the slot, to the left side, and a shot by Benino is stopped there by Dubnik, and then the net shot by Adam goes in the net. Predators retake the lead. Off the board, Yannick Weber's stick just exploded as he took the shot, and now here's Zucker with the breakaway. Coming on, Rita makes the stop! Did not get it around Watson first time. Now in front, Zucker and Rene made a bump save. You have got to be kidding me. And Stahl pokes the puck up, not out. Held in Arvidsson off the skate, and now Smith the shot, no. And Arvidsson scores! Victor Arvidsson converts. Scramble down. 92 seconds to go. Here's Ekholm. Ekholm has Forsberg in front of the score. Predators win their season opener here tonight by scoring four third-period goals to take the game 5-2. And that is how it sounded last night here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Pete Weber with the call as the Predators kick off their 2019-2020 season with really a dominating 5-2 victory over the Minnesota Wild, one of which where... They were trailing after 40 minutes 2 to 1 yet they were completely outplaying Minnesota and that trend carried over into the third period and it was reflective on the scoreboard and we've talked on this show and on this station about getting balance scoring balance from multiple lines well they got goals 
from each and every line last night. Yeah, and I thought the interesting, uh, first of all, they were just the better team. And I think that's one of the most important things when you're playing against a team that is projected by almost everybody to be the worst team in a very good division. You need to show why you're the better team, and they dominate uh, by, by and large. Again, e- even though they're down 2-1 going into the third, they were the better team through most of that. Pekka comes up huge. They get a bunch of uh, – they get four goals in the third period um, and pull out. I thought the 5-on-5 five five ice time was very interesting, I thought, because, again, Forsberg playing with Duchesne and Granlund, it, you know, you, you, think of, you think of it as a second line, but it's not. It's really two – it's 1A and 1B. They actually led the – the the Predators forward group with almost 13 minutes of five-on-five ice time. Watson, Sissons, and Bonino, 10 and a half minutes of ice time on five-on-five. They were actually number two. So Arvidsson and Johansson with Craig Smith, you know, two-thirds of the Jofa line, uh, only played nine minutes and 21 seconds of five-on-five hockey. So they actually were the third most used line last night in, in even strength. Yarncroke, Turris, and Grimaldi with seven and a half minutes. So I thought that was an interesting note that that in five on five hockey, Forsberg, Duchesne, and Granlund played the most, which in theory last night made them the top line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also put a couple goals in, so um, that that group already paying dividends in, in one game. Matt Duchesne makes his debut to the tune of three assists, and again you get Arvidsson with a goal on the first line, Granlund a goal on the second line, Watson, and then you round it out with Forsberg and Ellis. And this was one of those games too where. You know, the first seven to eight minutes was was kind of choppy. You had the review, the goal, the goal counted, then it didn't count, comes off the board. And I had actually left with the girls six minutes to go in the second period. It's one nothing. I get in the car, pull out of the Music City Center. I hear DMAC in the second intermission report saying it's 2-1. I'm like, what, what, what the heck just happened here? We're, we're, you know, we're up one nothing. probably should have been more dominating the game, and all of a sudden you're down after 40 minutes. I'm like, did I hear that correctly? It's hockey. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's what makes hockey so fun and so frustrating all at the same time is that you can be by far the better team for 40 minutes and find yourself trailing. And what you have to do is you have to come out and respond. And the Predators came out and responded immediately, scoring goals very quickly in the third period and then continuing to pour it on. Arvidsson's goal felt like a backbreaker when he just buries it off the board. Like it was one of those where he just was so confident in the situation where he you're just going, Oh, he's gonna finish this and he just buries it and you're going, Up, oh, that's it. That that was the one right there. <laughs> but let's not forget too, um, you know, um Pecorine, twenty two of twenty four stops. Yeah, some spectacular um, stuff too. You know, he st- breakaways yep. that he did a great job um, again, so you got to you know take your hat off to to what Pecorine was ever able to do um, um, last night because there are opportunities that um, you know the Wild had to score, and Pecorine was there as he always is, um, you know, to be that net front presence and 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 to be the the guy that the gatekeeper, so to speak. Um, so you got to tip your hats off. Tip your hat off to him, too. 22 or 24 saves. Yep. That's great. Yep. Terry Crisp will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Predators continue with a really good stretch here to start the season at home. They will have the Detroit Red Wings in their building tomorrow night. Yeah, it's certainly a lot of history there, obviously, in the division for so long together. All the ties. For those that, for those that are new to Predators hockey and are new here, there is such a thing as a Pred Wing. Of course, all the manuf- car manufacturers came down here. Uh, early in the Predators' history, and a lot of Detroit Red Wings fans moved down here uh, in the same division, and and largely, you know, that iconic photo of Shea Weber, you know, you know, shaking hands with the Detroit Red Wings and sort of the passing of the torch in the division. So, you know, listen, Detroit has not been nearly as good since transitioning back to the Eastern Conference, but 
Um, it, it'll, it's always a big moment when, when Detroit comes into this town. And again, you want to see what, what, what I think Kyle Turris, you know, didn't get on the score sheet last night, but I think played an active game. And I think what you want to see, because you got D- Dutchie had three apples last night. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to, you want to see Kyle. Tur- I think Kyle, even the secondary interest, you know, everyone's interested in the big stars, mm-hmm. but you want to see Dante Fabro. You want to see Kyle Turris. You want to see what some of the, you know, you don't want to say lower tier, but some of the, the secondary scoring issues or interest levels or storylines, kind of what do they look like? And, you know, Fabro was solid last night. Certainly not as good as Ellis and Yossi. Those guys were great. Um, Ekholm was, was excellent last night as well. But uh, Kyle Turris was more active. Like It's only one game. We got. I need to see it over 15 or 20 games, but he was far more active last night and looked like the player they traded for. So we saw Craig Smith on the first line. We saw Philip Forsberg on the second line. Kyle Turris on the third line. We saw goals from all three of those lines last night. What did the head coach, Peter LaViolette, make of that? I, I thought all the lines played really well. Um, there was a good balance. I thought that Dutchie's line, um, they were dangerous at times. Um, uh, Phil had a lot of pucks to the net. Uh, they all chipped in offensively. Uh, Dutchie with some nice plays and nice helpers. So, I mean, I thought, you know, for the first showing in a regular season game, they were good. And I would think that the chemistry would, would build from there. Okay, so Matt Duchesne is spelled D-U-C-H-E-N-E. And if you are unfamiliar, apparently that is his nickname. But you made it very clear, Braden. One man on the midday show is not permitted to call him Dutchie. Uh, yeah, and, and I ask you and Derek mm-hmm. if this is something that we should do, and you both agreed earlier yes. in the show. Um, he's probably now listening to the show. Yeah. He probably was not at six six twenty uh, in the morning. But um, I, I, listen, I, I think the team yeah. can certainly call Matt Duchesne whatever they want. He's their teammate, the coaching staff. C. Mace and Hal Gill, broadcasters, former players, they can call him whatever they want. I think mm-hmm. that all of that's fair game. Uh, even 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 well, Willie Pete, and Pete yeah. can, call, can call him whatever they want. When Chase McCabe is doing an interview post game, or talking about or him, or talking about him on his show, yeah, ten until two every day, ESPN one to five the game. Uh, I think there there should be a, a referendum, yeah, on him calling Matt Duchesne Dutchie. I don't think he should be allowed to do no. it, and I think our audience, our fantastic game audience, should destroy him on his Twitter mentions. Yes. If they hear him use the phrase Dutchie to describe Matt Duchesne in, in, on his show and in an interview setting. Oh, hey, hey Dutchie, uh, what, <laughs> what did... Uh, a little lower. What, what, sorry. I don't think I can get any lower. <laughs> Dutchie, what did you think about the Smashville crowd for the first time in your career? Was it everything you dreamed of? Uh, hey, Dutchie, what were you thinking when you good, walked in with all black on? Good player, Dutchie. Good player. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I think we should. Our audience, the, as great as you guys are, mm-hmm. should blow him up on Twitter if and when he uses the phrase Dutchie to describe Matt Duchesne on either his show or during an interview. Are we all in agreement on this? Yes, we are. 100%. Okay, good. Because I think he would be the only guy yes. on that three-man show, Willie, Darren, and himself, would that would use Dutchie? I don't think Darren would use, use Dutchie. No, he wouldn't. I Willie, he might, but then again, I think Willie would kind of steer away from using Dutchie. Chase would be the one. Oh yeah, right to his Dutchie, face. Yeah, right to his hey, Dutchie. Hey, 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 Dutchie, chummy hey, Chase. Hey, 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 hey gets a little chummy at times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Chase, it's a corrupt you cannot use the word Dutchie. Okay, you can't do it. That is reserved for players and Pete and Hal yeah, and C yeah. Mason. Not for Chase. Yep. 
You know what's going to happen. He because you know he just heard that. Yeah. So when he gets in here in about forty minutes, he's going to walk in. He's going to kick the door open. If I want to call him Dutchy and Joey and RV, I'll do that. What are you going to do about it? You're going to do uh, nothing. Oh, uh, hey Pex. Uh. <laughs> hey Dutchy, you going to score some apples? <laughs> you had three apples last night. Great, great player. Chase McCabe here. In the, All right, so, in the now, so room. now it sounds like. See, I love the fact that we call assists apples. I don't. Once you get to three, I think that's hilarious. I think it's great. Um, but it's just I could just see Chase standing in the locker room with his hair all handsomely quaffed and his mustache combed, and he's, and he's standing there. Hey, Dutchy. Uh, Dutchy, talk about. Uh, Dutchy, talk, talk about. Uh, talk about. Dutchy, talk about the schedule. <laughs> Dutchie, how was your first dinner in Smashville? I heard you and Joey and Arvey got together for a meal. Was it great? Did you carb load? <laughs> From Dutchie to Crispy, oh, Terry Crisp, our pal, Preds TV host, makes his first weekly appearance coming up next. Looking forward to that. Terry Crisp on the way after this. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Stick of Sports coming up, 845 Scheduled to be joined by Terry Crisp. Hopefully we will connect with him. We are efforting to do so. Love to get Crispy's opening thoughts on the opening game last night. Always one of the uh, the more entertaining guests oh, that we have on this show each and every week. Uh, uh, that, there's few humans in this city that I enjoy more than Terry Crisp. He is one of the best. So we will hopefully get him on at some point in the next couple of minutes. Uh, by the way, Adam Vingan has checked in. He's also said yeah. media members should never refer to hockey players, and I, I think this applies to any sport, uh, by their nicknames yep. in, in a formal setting when doing your job. Let, let yeah. me ask, I, we agree. Let me ask you guys this then. Do you, how do, because I've gotten in debates with, with other you know, media people about this. Coach, the phrase coach, whether it's a former coach, a current coach, you know, like, is it inappropriate to call them by their first name? Is coach a formal title? Should you call them coach, or should you introduce them as oh. like coach Jeff, is okay? Jeff yeah, Fisher. Coach is, no, coach is like it's a sign of respect. Yeah, I coach used to think okay. when I was at Saban press conference, people would be like, "Hey, Nick," and I thought that nah. was pretty disrespectful. Like, "Hey, yeah. Nick." See, I just I totally disagree. I say coach. I told, I, coach I, Saban. I, I'm okay with either. Uh, yeah, and I think either is probably the right way to go. But I I I tend to refer to someone as like I will introduce them as. If they're coming on the show, I'd say head coach at Belmont, Casey Alexander, right? Like yeah. I would say that as the title to introduce them. But then as, as the interview goes, I would refer to him as either Coach Alexander or Casey. And I don't know if that's weird. I'm not- I, I would never say a coach's name, like first name. It's either, for me, it's always just been coach. Is that a player thing, you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's a player thing um, because it's just – you know, when you're when you're out on the field, you call them by their last name. Like I call Fisher, it was like Fish. Vingen also or just Harbs, <laughs> like Coach Harbs. V- Vingen just chimed in. Coach is not okay. Like I would say, you know, Peter to Peter Laviolette. Like I would call them by your because that's your name. Well, well, your no, first name. well no, for okay. I'm, I'm for certainly not going to say Mister Laviolette for like, a I'm media guy that. that that is never because you even hear Crispy. You know, they referred to him as Coach Coach Lobby. It's Guys that have played the game, we look at it from a different yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I think that's, like I think that's coach true. Or you know, Coach Fisher. I will always just 
He's just coach. I don't even think of him as just Coach Fisher or Coach Harbaugh. So I'm not surprised at all that Vingan falls into the anti-coach category. But yeah. there's a small, there's a collection of media people that are vehemently opposed to using the, to calling someone coach mm-hmm. because it's just, that is the hardcore journalism. I, uh, yeah, I think so. And again, because like my boss Mitch Light at Athlon is like, I would never refer to you know if I was talking to a coach, I would call them by their first name mm-hmm. or you know whatever. And it, you know there is a collection of of the media that believes in that. I've always found that interesting because um, I think fans are like like players. Mm-hmm. Fans are just if they saw if you saw Jeff Fisher walk yeah, around and say hey Jeff in Publix in Franklin and you're just a fan of the Titans and you're just walking around, you're not going to walk up and say hey Jeff. You're going to say hey Coach. Yeah, probably right. I mean, yeah, more so than likely. It, maybe it's more the professional setting. You shouldn't just call him Coach on the interview. Now I do it. I do it. Like I do it. So mm-hmm. I've, I'm guilty of it. I need to fix I, that. I apparently, think, I think. For some media members, they want to feel on on par with the coach, so they say they say Jeff or they say Mike because they want to feel like on par with them. They that, don't want but that's them. Not, that's the not, kind of that's the way I look at it. Because but that's to, not what Adam and some of these other guys are saying, though. It's not. It's a what? But what is it? it it's a it's an informal title. And and in journalism, if it's an informal title, you don't write it, right? You don't use it. You 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 call them by their formal name, which is Nick Saban or Peter Laviolette. What if it depends on as a specific member of the media's relationship with that coach? Mm-hmm. If you are maybe a more reserved reporter as opposed to the aggressive bulldog journalist, does it does it vary then? <sighs> maybe because there are some um, people in certain markets that really press a coach as a journalist and then there's others that ask the softball layup question and the coach knows he's never going to get hit with the million dollar question yeah and and there's also just there's those people in this town as well right and there's also certain people that just don't care and and as a journalist they're just going to say hey coach can you uh you know explain your decision to go for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal to go up three scores mike (laughs) you know like you might say mike you might say coach and, and there's you know there's not really it's not really a right or wrong way, but I do think that that people are um, I, like I, the way I view it. And again, I'm guilty of this because I say Lavi all the time, mostly because it's shorthand, not because it's a nickname, and not because I feel like I'm close to him or anything. I'm not. I just don't. It, it Laviolette is just a lot of word. There's a lot of letters there, <laughs> so, so I'm like in the effort of of moving the conversation along, I just say Lavi, and I probably shouldn't. I probably should say Peter Laviolette. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of Coach Lavi, like that's not that's the thing that the players I mean, can say. I, I think he would. I think he would answer either way. I mean, it, I think he would answer if you called him Peter. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and and Adam res- continues to respond. Maybe Adam should just join the show. Um, you you don't you don't want to put them on a pedestal is what he's is what. And that's what response. I said. And that's what that goes back to my. <laughs> you want to feel as if you're on. You don't want to make it seem like he's bigger. He's above you. It's it's sort of the on par thing. Thing. Yeah, and there for young journalists, and and this happened to me for sure. Like it is incredibly intimidating. And, and Nick, you can maybe speak to this. It's incredibly intimidating to go into locker rooms for the first time when when you join the the, the press and you're 25 years old and you're trying to walk in like like Marquise. I can't imagine trying to go into a post game situation with Nick Saban at a, as a 24 year old. And 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 having to ask about like third down conversions or something. It, it took Saban. me a while. It took me a while to it, get comfortable. I, I remember one time at SEC tournament, I was probably twenty five, and I went in. Calipari was in there, and I was just like, and some of the players can act a little, especially in college. Some of the players can can jab at the media a little bit while you're walking around because you do feel weird, like you're walking around like in a locker room full of 
19-year-old kids like trying to get your one quote for your show, and mm-hmm. they're all kind of like, who, who are these idiots walking around, and you know, who are these schlubs walking around in our, in our locker room? And you try to go up to Calipari, and it's just, very, it's just very intimidating when you're young and you haven't done it for a while. See, it feels easier for me because I had to deal with Saban and Avery Johnson at the same time. So I was able to ask Avery questions because he was a little bit more open. It was a little easier to talk to him, so I kind of got practice by talking to Avery and then carried over to Nick Saban where it's like, okay, okay now I feel comfortable with actually asking Nick Saban a question because back then when I first started, I was like, no, I'm not asking him nothing. And, and it's, I'm not going to be a viral video from Nick Saban's expense. Right. And it's not necessarily, uh, Derek, to your point about like trying to feel like I, mm-hmm. like I don't do I wouldn't do that because I want to feel equal to them. Exactly. It's that I am equal to them. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. all are. We're just all humans. And we're all just people. You just happen to make a lot more money than I no, do. It's, 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 like we are all equal, and I'm going to treat you like a human. I mean, and you treat me like a human. It's we we understand the equality thing. Everyone's equal, but we understand that everyone's not equal. Um, so when I say it's just a respect thing. So when I say you know when I'm when I'm referring to Jeff, you know Coach Fisher as Coach Fisher, it's even hard for me to say Jeff. It's Coach Fisher. That's because that's a sign of respect. Not to say and he was that, your boss, yeah, though, in theory, but not right? to say that he's just above me. But it's just that respect factor. But I think media media people, it is sort of that. I don't want to put you on a pedestal. You know, yeah, you're the coach. Yeah, you're making a lot of money. I don't want to. So I'm gonna refer to you as Jeff or as Jim or John or whatever or Peter. Peter. I'm going to refer to you as that. And and what it it's not there's no right or wrong you yeah. know answer to it so but but there's there's just a difference though like in this town Laviolette is pretty strict he's pretty stern but he'll give you an answer Vrabel the same way but the Belichicks the Sabins when you're the goat you almost have like a certain level where you can almost be speak dismissively to the media because oh, you've accomplished sure. so much it's like who's this guy from the Boston Herald I I, I got six Super Bowls right and 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 listen I'm not this. Outside of sports, there's obviously an, an unbelievably dangerous attack on journalism that's happening right now in this country and around the world. More journalists have died this year than any year ever before because people are being attacked. And so there is an element of defense here where, where journalists are going, wait a second, I, like, don't you, there's no reason for you to be dismissive of us and the job that we're doing because we represent the fans. And I think that's probably what Nick Saban gets in trouble for sometimes is he takes out – he's really not talking to the reporter. He's, we always say this, right? When Nick Saban speaks, he's talking to his team. Like the rat poison stuff, that's a message to his team. Or, you know, when he's talking about player discipline, that's a message to players and to, and to recruits' parents. Like every time Nick Saban talks, he's talking to one of two people, recruits or current players. But then he takes it out on a reporter who probably makes 35 or 40 grand a year to try to just desperately ask Nick Saban a question. And that just really doesn't feel... Like he's the, the the vulnerable person here is the is the little reporter. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to do their job because Alabama fans want to know who's the backup left guard, right? And and so it's you know when when the when the nine million dollar a year guy gets angry at the forty thousand dollar a year person for just doing his job or her job it, as a representative of the fans, that's where I think it rubs people the wrong way, in particular in the media. And I I can I don't have a problem with people feeling that way. Coming up next, we will stick to sports here on Morning Drive. I want to dance with somebody With somebody who loves me here in Nashville Or the, the, surrounding areas I want to dance with Dutchie 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Nick Braden, D. Mace, Marquise. Uh, here's what we got coming up. Final hour in change of the show. The big finish is at 945. We've got our picks coming up at 930. Uh, if you missed a random cameo by Lorenzo Neal, former NFL fullback, we will give that to you coming up at 915. Yeah, it was like a drive-by. He was awesome. He was phenomenal. <laughs> Excellent. It was phenomenal. like a phrase, like when you have like just an unbelievable segment, it's called Radio Gold. <laughs> that was Radio Gold. But right now, speaking of Radio Gold, let's stick to sports. A crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just going to crumble it up and throw it in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. All right, D-May, Stick to Sports is brought to you by... The good folks at Decorated Den Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Den when you are ready to decorate your home, office, or outdoor spaces. Request a complimentary, which is free in this world, appointment at decoratedden.com. Dutchie! Number one. <laughs> Tamar Hannon Dutchie. I love you. <laughs> new podcast. The new podcast. An East Carolina University administrative is on leave because last weekend he drunk with students at a bar. Him and his friends decided to go out on a bar. He was the interim president of the East Carolina University. He went out to a bar with a couple friends, saw some students there, and all the students obviously took pictures with him. He was drinking with him, and then all of a sudden he has to take an administrative leave because the university deemed it, you know, you you know, I guess two offenses, like, I, I guess, hanging out with your students and drinking and taking selfies and dancing and having fun and being a normal person. They didn't like it, so now he's on administrative leave because of it. So, like, if Malcolm Turner is out at a restaurant with his family and is having some beers or some wine or whatever, and, like, Vandy fans walk up and want to take photos with him, what's wrong with that? I, I think if he's with his family and somebody comes up to him and he obliges and it goes viral with a picture, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if this guy is going out... For a social night with students. Well, no, he said he was. With but his no, no, he was no. So he was going to the bar with just his friends, yeah, his no, normal other friends, adults, right? and other other adults, two other adult men that hung out with him. And then all of a sudden, obviously, East Carolina. If you go to a college like that, it's a small town, so it's mm-hmm. like you know everybody knows everybody. Is that Greenville. Yeah, but see, see, I, I would need to see what type of setting the bar is. If it's a college dive bar violation on the professor if it's a nice upscale president. establishment or the president yeah. if it's an upscale establishment whatever then i think it's okay like but, if you're a 45 year old president you shouldn't be at a two dollar for you know miller light dive bar now i get his reasoning because one of his reasonings was basically not his reasoning but he likes to be in the community that was his whole thing of he likes to reach his students he wants to be there for his community mm-hmm. and you know be able to know that he's in reach and i think that's what a lot of people try to do is let people know that hey i'm not just this robot in an office i'm reachable like i i'll go out i'll have a good time i, I can I'm understand appro- approachable. I'm, approachable. I'm approachable i don't mind that man it, it, Again, we want these we want these professors and, and presidents or whatnot to be accessible. We want them to make we want to want to feel as if they are part of the community. And then when they do things like this, harmless things, it's no, you can't do that. It's the waving of the finger. Yeah. He's not doing anything wrong. He's been an adult, an adult. He's enjoying himself. He's t- he took a picture or two or whatever the case may be. Let him. Why? Why do anything? So, so to me, it's like Nick. You said you kind of your line of delineation is maybe like the setting. I, I think it's more about the behavior. If you're there at the bar 
and you and your buddies are sort of sitting off to the side at a table and you're talking and you're socializing uh-huh. and you're doing your own thing and you're acting professionally like a university president should uh-huh. and you're just sort of a guy hanging out with your buddies talking and talking sports whatever that's one thing. If you're dancing on the tables with oh, co yeah, that's coeds, different. That's like different. you know, you gotta you yeah. can't you can't shirt off waving you it over your head. Dutcha. You, 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 <laughs> unfortunately, exactly. presidents would be held to a different standard in that situation. Again, if the I no, not seen, really. I haven't seen the photos of this stuff. Well, not really. <laughs> Fair point. I, I don't know. I don't know what the photos are. But if this guy's kind of like you know, if he's out at the bar taking shots with students, that's different. If you're mm-hmm. over on the side, I just think you know, if you're a president, you sort of have to act differently in public. But it doesn't mean you can't go in public. Yeah, I've drunk. I've drunk with professors in college. I mean, that's like after school. Oh, so that's how you got your degree. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Outside of it being from an Alabama degree. Yeah, that, that's the sec- I mean, I definitely had a teacher that would like. There was one professor, and we were all. This was a four hundred level class my uh-huh. senior year, where we like once a semester there would be like one night where we we all and Tennessee people know all about cool beans. Go to cool beans, and it would be a, a like a group meeting classroom meeting mm-hmm. it was not mandatory it was not on the books it was not any of that stuff but it was like a hey we've worked really hard this semester i want to give you guys a reward he wasn't paying mm-hmm. for this stuff it was just so it was just socializing and it was very professional it was not there was no lines that were crossed at all it was just hey you guys have busted your tails this semester you know you know instead of having a three-hour class tonight to wrap up the semester so you know, we're all going to go have, socialize and have like a, a, a gathering would it have been acceptable had he been with other faculty and they had taken pictures at a bar just them what's wrong with that the faculty right would have been acceptable then they're still at the same bar yeah because it's because it's a lose-lose situation because yeah. if you don't take pictures with the kids and they then, look at you exactly. like it right. like oh man yeah. this guy's yeah. not he's a jerk he's not approachable but then if you do then you get in a situation like this where you have to take an administrative leave again i think it's about your behavior malcolm turner can be at a dive bar Derek mason the head coach can mm-hmm. be at a dive bar having a cocktail with his wife or his family or his brother or his whatever mm-hmm. it's unfortunately you are not awarded as a public figure you in this country you can't act like a fool you right. can't table you can't. dance so, so it's about the behavior you know the econ 201 kid who's got nothing to do tomorrow can dance on the table and you know hopefully not hurt himself and behave responsibly that night but like you you held you got to act differently in public when you're a public figure like that Derek can't do do certain things anymore yeah public figure all right so i don't know if you guys saw this video this video went viral everywhere Uh Uh, this lady jumped into a lion's den at a bronx zoo and taunted the lion and here's our caption for the video. I really have not fear of nothing, which I guess she took classes with Antonio Brown. Yeah. I, I really have not fear of nothing oh, breathing. God. Animals can feel love just like humans. And she jumped in the den and is taunting you, you know, a lion. With this whole thing, like I've always said, when a fan jumps onto the playing field and enters the player's domain, they deserve what comes their way. Fair game. If you're fair game. If you, and I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. But if you're at a zoo and you jump into a lion's den and you get eaten alive, well, you had it coming. Cat Williams does an absolutely brilliant stand-up bit about he pretends he's the tiger in a zoo. (laughs) And he's like, y'all, this is not a drill. This woman is really jumping into our cage. And he does this whole bit about what the tigers would actually be thinking if if somebody got into their cage. Uh, I will say that I think that dogs pick up on your your personality real fast like they know if you're nervous they know if you're comfortable they know if you're a good person or bad i think dogs have an innate sense of like morality which is really strange i don't um, care wh- if- why can this person why can we not speak english in this country anymore 
Like really, honestly, <laughs> like that's yeah. moral of the story. That that almost bothers me as much as her jumping into the lion's den. I don't care if a, a, a animal can feel love, fear, whatnot. That lion has some really big teeth <laughs> and some really big claws. He can feel love and still attack you. Can you feel the love tonight, Lion King? <laughs> if, in fact, animals can think and which, which process they, they stuff. Can. Which they can. Yeah. Could not, you imagine that lion sitting there like, the hell is this lady doing? Is she out of her mind? Dude, I'm telling it's you. Like, she must be I mean, crazy. I just had dinner, but should I go for another? <laughs> go. I'm telling you, this is it. This is what Cat Williams' skit is all about. It's like, what's going through the tiger's head when he's about to watch some lady jump into his skit? It is so no, funny. It's, it's what uh, Chris Rock said. And instead of, so that, that tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Right, yeah, exactly. He did what tigers do. Right. Like, uh, so what? So she, got, she got out of there, right? Yeah, like, she got well, out. She ended up getting out of there, and then police tried to look for her. Did the lion move? Like, did they come after her? Did, no, did the, the lion, lion was just looking at her, probably thinking, Exactly what Nick said. What is this? What is this lady doing? And why is she wearing an MTV shirt? Do people still watch MTV? <laughs> Do they still play music videos? That's what the tiger was probably I mean. The lion was baffled by the MTV shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? She yeah. still wearing that? Okay. She must be a little, you know, a little rough here. Got time for one more? Number three. All right, we get pretty distracted with phones pretty easily, and especially during a conversation. Have you ever checked your phone, like like mid conversation? Yeah, see there you go. (laughs) Mid conversation, when you check your phone. Now imagine you being in church, and imagine your preacher doing the same thing (laughs) in mid conversation and mid preach. He checks his phone. I want you guys to identify when this person checks his phone. Here's a preacher checking his phone during his sermon. Yes, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Uh, 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 hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, touch this, touch this right now. Touch this situation. Oh. Touch this situation by the power of God. Touch this situation by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, first of all, and <laughs> matter, matter of fact, I had to cut that. The uh-huh. ums were a lot longer than that, but I actually had to cut it for radio purposes. That's when he was checking if his you're phone. In the, if you're in the crowd, like, what are you thinking? Like, I just heard 32 seconds of uh. Because he like, has his phone sitting on a, oh, no, on, a, know, on, a, on a podium thing right there. We probably can't see if we are in the congregation, but he's reading it. And then when he says, Lord, bless this situation, he's probably talking about the text. Somebody <laughs> sent him a text or something, and he's probably like, Lord, just bless that situation right there. Yeah, because at first he was in the middle of a sermon. He's, he's doing it. And oh, then God. you notice that you see your phone light up, and then you kind of like look at it. He, so he glances at it at first. And then I guess it lit up again where you had to pick it up and read it. And he was just like trying to continue. And then that's when you got the, so, um. so we're at a place now where a preacher cannot go to the pulpit to give a sermon without bringing his phone with him. That's where we're at now. Well, a lot of their sermons are on their iPads or something, which is hooked up to their telephones and everything else. So I don't mind if a preacher is preaching or a pastor is preaching Turn and he, has, and he has his things on his iPad. You, you, I, it don't matter. Do you man. work for an hour a week? Give me your undivided. Nah, give they me don't your, work for an hour a week. Just let the joke lay there, okay? They don't hey, work for an hour a week. Down. So I, I, you, you do an hour of preaching to me as a congregation member a week. I want your undivided attention. I'm sorry. That's not too much. Giving, he was giving that it to That is you. not too much to ask. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, Lord. What am I getting out of this here? Like, I, I, I'm not, 
<laughs> it's not asking for that much for you to give me your undivided uh, attention for the one hour I'm going to come listen to you talk every week. And the you Lord said, you Patrick Mahomes just threw a touchdown. <laughs> that would be me and my sermon. <laughs> he's, he's like, yes, Chris Carson scored. <laughs> Thank Dutchie you, God. Seattle covered the one and a half points. Got you where to go. God bless this situation. Yes. And God bless morning drive. God, Three I hours. Know, I want to know what was on that stinking phone. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I want to know what text uh, God bless this situation. Coming uh, up, final hour of the show, our final thoughts, Titans, Bills, as well as all the games in the AFC South. Also, Lorenzo Neal, picks, and the big finish. Stay there.